0: We sold 3,000 units in the first two hours and they said, we need 80,000 units next week.
1: That was the co-founder of Guitar Hero, Charles Wong, who I interviewed to discuss the rise and fall of one of the most legendary and successful video game franchises of all time. Before we begin, guys, just make sure to smash that like button for the YouTube algorithm. I'd really appreciate it and make sure to hit subscribe so you never miss an interview for our future. Okay, let's dive into it, guys. Wow first question I like to ask all these you know great founders I bring on the podcast who are you know many years older than me is uh you know when you were my age when you were 21 um you know you were at Berkeley at the time like what, what how did you see the world what what was kind of exciting you no actually my
0: uh when, when I was uh, in Berkeley my goal was to be a history professor believe it or not and really <laughs> so I was getting ready to go to
1: grad school what area of history were you most interested by?
0: Uh, I was most interested in Chinese history. And so I, I spent a year at okay. Beijing University. Um, and ironically, that, uh, that year helped uh, uh, us a lot when we were making Guitar Hero. Um, because in those days, like all of our hardware controllers were made in China. And if I hadn't spent that year right. in China, early sort of in the days where the Chinese economy was opened up, I don't think we could have done that. So in some indirect way, The things that I was doing there did come back to play in the Guitar Hero years, but it was a very sort of non-linear path to to kind of get back to that.
1: I'd like to get to the the root of the Guitar Hero idea because I mean, when when did that light bulb kind of go off in your head? I mean, you were you're playing around in this industry uh, with uh, hardware and gaming, like the the guitar. Like, how did that kind of enter your you and your co-founder Kai's uh, consciousness? Yeah. So the the interesting thing you you talked about the dance pads, right? So. Yeah,
0: Uh, the the bigger, broader trend in video games that was happening in Asia at the time was in in that era, like these music games came onto the scene. And so the most famous of of them at that time was a game called Dance Dance Revolution. So you may have played that. That's the the dance pad. And so we started by selling hardware for that. At the time, like those music games in Asia were like J-pop. And we thought, well, these games should be like Western songs. Um, and so we put in a bunch of English songs again that nobody had heard of, <laughs> like a bunch of EDM, which was just starting at that time, and some other types of music, uh, and that game did moderately well. But but we thought with Guitar Hero we needed to get deeper into the culture, and that was our thought of building a game around guitar, about rock and roll, metal music that that had been around for decades that people knew and loved, and so that became kind of the transition from you know a random kind of dance game to a dance game that was maybe more palatable for people in America to like something that was deeply rooted in, in, in uh, American pop culture.
1: Like nobody had really done a game of that size. And when I may say size, I mean like physical size. So right. like retailers didn't even want to carry it because the box was so big, right? I think you tried to, to raise money for Guitar Hero, uh, but you weren't able to do so. Uh, and you guys ended up like remortgaging your houses, or you know, taking on even more credit card debt as entrepreneurs. You took that risk. You really believed in this guitar hero idea, huh? From from the very start, even though mm-hmm. retailers weren't super excited about it. When we went to to,
0: to all the retailers and pitched it, even though that early previews of the game was winning awards as like one of the best games of the year. Yeah, a lot of retailers wouldn't take it. They just said like, ah, we can't figure out how to sell and merchandise this product in our stores. So yeah, um, and to us, what we believed in was the the quality of the game. Like from the earliest prototype build that we had, which was just a simple black screen with three colored dots scroll, you know, scrolling down, <laughs> and and it was set to one song. It was set to Weezer, a Weezer song, and that was it. Say it ain't so. <laughs> it was set to actually a. Uh, 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 a song called "Dope Nose,"
1: <laughs> okay, <laughs> which <laughs> is one knows. of their lesser-known songs.
0: <laughs> but right. it was set to, like one song, just no no graphics except three three colored dots on a screen, and yet we had people in our office like playing that for hours. Yeah, uh, it's so everyone we showed it to said like, "Wow, this is really fun," um, and so there was this disconnect a little bit between like everybody who touched the product said it was great. And then everybody who had to sell the product said like, oh, this is like really different. How are we going to deal with this? Which mm-hmm. for us gave us a lesson of like, ah, you know, like new innovative products that kind of break the mold
1: of things. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard to get the market to like see that. Wow. So, but they did take a chance on you. So Best Buy stocked the product. Um, and they, I think the analysts had it at like there was going to sell like 3,000 over the course of the holiday season. Uh, and by the way, this is uh, I think November two thousand and five when the product launched. Is that correct? We were given a forecast. But
0: I thought like hey, I think we could sell uh, through the holiday season, which is like three months. They thought they could sell thirty thousand units, and the first day it went on sale, they called us at noon and said, "Hey, we sold three thousand units in the first two hours." <laughs> and they said, That's "We crazy. need eighty thousand units next week," and we were telling them like, uh, "No, you don't." understand like this, these, these game controllers are manufactured in China and they come over here on a boat and next week we have 5,000 units coming in and and, and you have to split that with GameStop. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was like so unexpected, the success,
1: especially early on. How long did it take you guys to go from idea to selling the product on shelves? So the first guitar Hero was super fast.
0: We probably started that yeah. project in February and had our first public showing by June at a, a trade show called E3. That's the biggest E3, video game yeah. trade show in the world. Yeah. yeah. In, in L.A. We had our first showing uh, and we started winning awards for like best, best of show. This is one of the best games of the year. Uh, and then we sh- uh, 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 shipped the game by early November so uh in in all it was probably like a nine month process really fast but if you look at guitar hero one it was a very simple game compared to other yeah um you know Mm -hmm. like there was no online play there was there was a lot of things which made it easier to do that
1: (laughs) yeah it was just an extraordinary product and you iterated on it it was just a really really great product uh making everyone feel like a rock star and that they could play an instrument i just think that's and it's just such a satisfying game. I mean, just hitting those notes and getting better and seeing your own progression. That's a big part of video games. Um, wow. So you guys did like 45 million in sales in the first year? Something, something crazy yeah, like guitar that? Yeah,
0: 1. Uh, and, and, you know, what happened between the first... So we, we did roughly... Well, Year 1 was about 45 million. That was actually 11 months because we were acquired by Activision in month twelve. So yeah. we didn't finish out the full year uh, as an independent company. Um, and then year two, inside Activision, Guitar Hero 2 grew to, to, rough, to about $300 million in sales.
1: And then wow. by year three,
0: with Guitar Hero 3, we were at $1.1 billion. Oh my uh, And then year God. four, we were at, at $1.5 billion. So we had th- a three-year run, th- uh, three, four, and five, uh, where we were over a billion. It was the second game in the history of the industry to cross a billion a year in sales. The first yep. was uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, second was Guitar Hero. Uh, a year later, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. And then the Grand later. Theft Auto.
1: Then Grand Theft Auto 5, right?
0: Yeah, and then Grand Theft Auto. Came later. In the year. Um, and so it took us, you know, by the time, the difference between 1 and 3 and why we were able to grow from that. One is obviously the product got more popular. But two was, you know, Guitar Hero 1, we were just on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And then with more resources and more time, we were able to get that on PlayStation and Xbox. By the time we got the three, we were on like seven different platforms, PlayStation, Xbox, Wii, Mac, PC, you know, like, yeah, like we were able to just expand the market and expand the product line. Uh, uh, And so, so it took us a few years to get to that. You know, it'd be almost like you build an iOS app first, and then the second year you build an Android app. And then the third year, you know, you build some kind of like PC uh, uh, service. And so, it took us a good two years, but once all of that was laid out and all of our branding and marketing on a global basis was laid out, that's when we were able to cross a billion a year. Oh, I, you know, you, you learn to do things uh, throughout that process, right? It's, you know, one, one is you have to build a great product, but then two is you have to learn to sell it and you have to learn to, to, to build a product that can sell a billion dollars worth on a global basis, right?
1: You guys created a hundred million dollar idea in like less than two years or like you start, you, so you came with the idea in February. And then I assume a couple months in like Activision started the the talks with you guys. Um, Wow. I mean, a hundred million dollars. I mean, you probably didn't look at it like an overnight success. It was a lot of failure over the past few years, right? Not failure, but hardship to get to a product that was going to be viral and really grip the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to remember that by 2005,
0: it was the fifth year of our company. So we were, we were at it five years in terms of running. And I think if, I always thought if you had given us Guitar Hero in year two of our company, we would have fallen flat on our faces because we were not ready to run a $50 million business in year two. Our and Everybody that we had in the company had to get better at their job. Our marketing people had to be better. Uh, our our uh, customer service people had to be better. Our logistics people had to be better. Even you know myself and my brother Kai, we had to be better. Myself as an entrepreneur, right? I, I would say that like, Uh, you know, we never imagined we would make a video game that would become the best selling game in the industry for a year. It was for two years, 2007, 2008 was the best selling game in the world. And we never kind of imagined that. We just thought we make games and as long as we could make money doing them and it was fun, we'll keep doing it. Um, But, you know, uh, doing that and, and, and and eventually being able to to run a billion dollar uh, business, um, you know that that gave us all kinds of confidence, and I think a lot of that was rooted in like lessons we learned while we were just grinding it in in startup mode and bootstrapping. Um, and then on the other part, financially, you know, it's um, it's funny the um, the risks uh, back then that you you had to take as an entrepreneur. Uh, now nowadays, there's I think there's a lot more uh, options available to you as an entrepreneur. So so by that I mean like. And so it was really, back then, kind of all or nothing. Like, you're either in it all the way, and if you fail, tough luck, then you got nothing out of it financially. Or, you know, like, you sold, and 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 um, there was no, like, middle path that, that is available today. So I think financially, it's a lot better time to be an entrepreneur. But
1: back then, it was kind of very much an all or nothing risk. When did Guitar Hero kind of fall away? Like, wh- why did this thing... Go away. Yeah. Um, how, why was that? I mean, yeah, that know, was how, a... how can you explain that? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what happened was, uh, I trace it back to, on Guitar Hero 1, we collaborated with a company in Boston called Harmonix, Harmonix Music System. And we uh, got acquired by Activision. Uh, you know, Harmonix essentially um, got acquired by Viacom. And then they came out and made a game called Rock Band. And then all of a sudden there was this competition between guitar hero and rock band
1: we were Um, a rock band
0: family yeah and activision and uh and and viacom and and you know that was a great game but it was i always say like guitar hero and rock band were pretty much like i you know i was making one of those games but even i have to admit like it was pretty much the same game right the same experience yeah with a little bit of difference and in our peak competition years, I remember one year we put out eight different versions of Guitar Hero and Rock Band between our two companies. And, and I said, you know, the world didn't need eight versions of essentially the same game. <laughs> but we were caught up in this, like, wow. market share war and, like, neither, neither parent company wanted to lose it. So we were, we were building all sorts of content to fight this war and, and ultimately kind of drove the consumer interest out of the market because everybody felt like, and this is getting way oversaturated, right? And we just flooded the market too much. I think they, I blame it on ourselves between us uh, uh, and, 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 the, and the guys behind Rock Band. We're still friends, actually. We talk. And, like, we kind of killed the category because uh, we just put out still too much talk.
1: Yeah we, yeah, we killed the category. Yeah. Rest in peace. We killed the category, guys, to all the other young entrepreneurs out there. Um, what, what advice would you take from from your journey and give to them as they start to plant their own seeds?
0: And I think the 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 thing that's the, all the resources available to a young entrepreneur uh, entrepreneur today, so much more, uh, and and really it's amazing uh, how prepared I see uh, they are when they come into the world. Like you started a media company, and you know, in college, right? This was this is the kind of thing that I always feel like it's so amazing to see. I can almost look at somebody in one of my classes today and say like that person's not going to finish four years of college. They're gone. As soon as they get the idea, they're out of here because they're ready for it. They're mature enough. They understand uh, you know, what they're trying to do. They understand the markets. And there's no reason for them to wait around anymore. And so I think the, 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 um, what I've noticed and the advice is a lot of the young entrepreneurs today, they're ready. They, they have the ambition. They have the kind of, I don't know how they developed this in high school, but they somehow came to college ready to start a company. Um, and a lot of them just need a little nudge, right? They just need somebody to to sort of tell them that like, no, you really are ready. Like you think you are, but I can tell you for sure you really are ready. You can do this. Um, And I feel like that's all the advice that I would give them. Like, you know, find a, find a, a good mentor who can sanity check your concepts and ideas and, 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 and give you honest feedback, not kind of, too encouraging or too discouraging, but give you real honest feedback about whether you should be ready to, you know, you're ready to pursue this or not. Um, um, and I think if you can find somebody to help you do that, that would help you a lot because the other skills and all that, oh man, you guys are so
1: ready. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Charles, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was an absolute pleasure and just really a fantastic interview. I really feel like I learned a lot and can't wait to, uh, to share this.
0: Yeah. Thank you for having me, Michael. And best of luck with with your own company and to everybody out there listening. Uh, Best of luck with your entrepreneurial uh, experience and story.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard my interview with Charles Wong, the co-founder of Red Octane, the company behind Guitar Hero. And here are my big entrepreneurial takeaways from this conversation. So for one, Charles studied Chinese history in college, which at the time he didn't think would really impact his career, but... He actually ended up doing so much business in China with Guitar Hero that it did have some effect on his business life. So whenever you're studying in college, there's a chance, even if it's outside of business or engineering, that it actually might help you along your entrepreneurial path. So don't discount you know, the humanities uh, as a way to source inspiration and to help you along your startup journey. The next takeaway is that there's trends overseas that can be great entrepreneurial ideas. If something is working in another country, there's a chance it could come work back in the United States or wherever you live. My next takeaway is that while Guitar Hero seemed like it was an overnight success, it really wasn't. I mean, Charles and his co-founder were working on dance and music games for years and years before Guitar Hero took off. And it was that hard work preceding it and that hard work figuring out this market and establishing relationships overseas that enabled them to be in the position to even launch Guitar Hero and even get that product off the ground. Lastly, the big takeaway is that business can actually ruin stuff. And it's kind of sad um, because when Rock Band came to compete with Guitar Hero, the two companies started to just look at each other, right? They were trying to one-up each other uh, in this duopoly market of music and dance games. And what ended up happening is they lost sight of the customer, they lost sight of the player and that resulted in them building for something that wasn't their customer. You always have to build for the customer. And they were trying to build in relation to their competitor and you should never look to what your competitor is doing to figure out what to do next. That's just a, a rule of business that so many business leaders will will emphasize. So yeah, it's a shame that Guitar Hero went away. I, I loved playing it. I even played a bit of Rock Band too, but I'm curious to see maybe a video and. Dance, music, games, we'll we'll make a comeback. We'll, We'll see what happens, guys. If you enjoyed this interview, please make sure to leave me a like and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss another one of these interviews. Also make sure to be subscribed to our newsletter at the link in comments. This goes out every Sunday and is full of internship opportunities, fellowships, entrepreneurship opportunities, all sorts of good stuff, including more stories and takeaways. So definitely be subbed to that. And I'll leave you guys finally right now. Stay frost, everybody. I can't wait to be with you for the next video. Peace out. Wow.